the shit. Speaking of honest, fuck you. I that hurt my feelings, so I'm done with the podcast. Good done forever. What'd you no, do if I just hung up and never answered text again? <laughs> That'd be such a bummer. No, you have four more weeks until your retirement party. You have to. Uh, I have to. One more month. You've already went eleven of them. You have to go at least one more. I'm gonna cut it. The last like fifty-one episodes, fifty-two episode. You're gonna go to call me and just disappeared. Just never gonna pick up. <laughs> And get all this shit together, and you're just gonna just nope, just disappear. That. Never yep. talk to me again. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just cold shoulder, complete cutoff. <laughs> God damn it! So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm that's not the longest around. con ever. That, that is a long con, <laughs> just for that satisfaction of to know how bummed you. The 52nd week. <laughs> I've waited 348 days for this. My dick's just been getting harder and harder every week. <laughs> One glorious money sh- <laughs> 51 weeks in the making. What is up, you octopus creature tokens? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, the last guy in the queue, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, the Gruda MTGO bug, Matt. Matt, what is going on, dude? Not much, dude. So I definitely heard about that. Um, I've been, oh, it's a bug! Yeah, I have slightly stepped away from non- old school magic and i've been talking about this and i think it has been the perfect time to you kind of nailed it with the timing if we're not gonna lie like, completely lucky like and COVID just hit it's just yeah it wasn't the way that i wanted to see magic going people are just calling for bands all the time do you know what people in the old school can complain about not having enough torn or enough beer at the door not enough whiskey or beer that's yep. it they generally give trophies out for the hardest drinker. Yeah, that's and that's, that's the kind crowd. of that's the magic I want to play is people having fun and doing it for nostalgia reason, etc. That and buying super old cards. At this rate, I played with as a child. At this rate, we're just never going to have another paper tournament ever again. So you're not gonna have to worry about it. I know. I am uh, in the talks with our buddies of uh, playing over like Google Hangouts and stuff like that. Yeah, they've been doing drafts every Thursday. Like as we record, they're doing. Yeah. On Magic that, and I've convinced many a people to start uh, playing old school. You've been peddling your your old school love to other human beings. That I have been. You just converting them to the dark side, man. Hey, someone has to do it. Well, I mean, all of the things you laid out, sure. A, it would be nice to take a step away from Magic, but I physically cannot stop playing Aquaria drafts online. I might be addicted. I think to that's the best way to play that for. Oh, is the drafts? Yeah, with or the new For set sure. is the, the limited format. You didn't get a chance to play any drafts this past weekend, did you? No, I didn't get a chance. You had one job, man. And I failed miserably at it. This is, I, this is why. I can accept that. You need to accept that as well. <laughs> Accepting that you're just going to perpetually blow it forever? <laughs> yeah. If it makes you feel any better, Matt, I probably did enough Aquaria drafts online for the both of us. Yeah, you said you did a shit ton of them. I probably drafted this set like between 20 and 30 times just in the past like week what have you found the format to be like well my first synopsis of the format is it's great it is so fucking i know we said last week that it was like we felt like it was going to be swingy um yeah there's definitely games that are just like very very swingy and we initially when we were talking about it we thought that it was going to be really like mid-range focused um, that does not seem entirely the case. Really? There are a lot of very good aggro decks in this format, and I am eating that shit 
up. I love it. Any format where you just get to play bad creatures and your curve tops out at like four and you get to Turn play like sideways. 15 Turning lands. white creatures sideways. Who would have thunk that you like Shocker, that? right? Weird that that would be my kink, but turns out it is. It's, I've been playing so much of this format and I don't know why nobody told us this, but you can draft with human beings on Magic Arena now. I don't know when this came about, but it's a real life thing. Yeah, that's what you're saying. That's much, much better. Probably they had fucking time, the self-quarantining. <laughs> Unless it happened before then, which we were just like totally oblivious. That's also possible. Yeah, I wouldn't roll that one out. But yeah, drafting with, I've done more drafting on, I think, Magic Arena than I've even done on Magic Online, which is going to change because also for the next week, uh, Vintage Cube is back on Magic Online. Oh, they brought it back. Nice. They they brought it back yesterday, and it's only available until next. Nice. Yeah. So just right when I thought they were gonna, I was never gonna get it back. They dragged me back in. They got me. Just when I thought I was, they, <laughs> they pulled, pulled me, back. me back in. Sorry, I couldn't resist that one. No, classic magical online with the vintage. But Acoria, I I it will probably take a week break from drafting Acoria just to play Vintage Cube. But once Vintage Cube is out, I'm gonna dive right back into the pool. I love this format, dude. Some of the things that I have noticed, though, everybody has perfect removal all the time. There's a lot of removal in the set, though, right? Yeah, there's like all and all of the like the very, very good removal spells outside of like two or three of them are all just commons. Like, that might be what's, Banish uh... is a good white removal. Um, Divine Arrow is a good white removal. They also have at common pacifism, which is arguably one of the best removal spells in any limited format. As far as I white. think that might be keeping mutate, or they that might have been a direct response. And mutate wasn't just ridiculous. Yeah, but every format has like a great common removal spell. Like white has pacifism, blue has capture sphere, which is really really good, and they also have like gust of wind, which is a pretty solid bounce spell. It draws you a card. Um, red or black has God, black has blood curdle, which is instant speed destroy target creature. It has dead weight. Which has always been deadweight's so good, yeah. Yeah, deadweight's insane, and that's I'm not even talking about like the uncommon ones. Like heartless act is just insane. Instant speed destroy target creature without counters or remove three counters from a creature for one in a black. Like that'll just fucking murder something. So good. Yeah, real good. Yeah, and red has like fiery prophecy, just bolt something. It has the uncommon one, which is really good. Um, flame spill, which is four damage and then tramples over for three mana. And even at common, they have like the rumbling rock slide, four mana, deals damage equal to the number of lands you control. You have a thousand lands, so that's just going to kill whatever you target. And they have the fight spell, and green has like three different fight spells. Like, geez, dude, this format is bonkers with removal. It has the most removal out of any format I've ever seen. That's why we're not even talking about the multicolored ones. So control is a legitimate option. How much is it? There's a good amount of fixing, isn't there? Um, there is a okay amount of fixing. Um, some of the basic land slots are switched with, uh, the dual lands. Yeah. The enter tapped gain of life lands. Um, you also have the rare lands, which are very good. Evolving Wilds is a common in this format. So that's, it's, that's okay. It's a common in every format. But the thing is too, with a lot of like these spells, you don't really need to have a ton of fixing for them because a lot of like the very good, like uncommons, rares, especially the ones that have mutate their mutate cost is hybrid or their casting cost is hybrid. Yeah. So you don't have to play. You really only have to play one of their other two colors. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that just makes things so easy. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I've played like a black green deck 
but then have just got to like just free splash like just some stupid powerful card one thing that i'm super excited to try i saw a couple people post like the cycling deck playing 15 lands like 12 of the actual things they want to play oh and then a ton ton of just off cycling off color cycling that is i think without a shadow of a doubt the best deck in the format and I don't think it's kind of close, but I can go pretty horribly wrong though. Yeah, you need to start out with some pretty lucky picks to get that that deck right. Like you almost need to have like you can just get there if you really really want with just like a fucking ass load of the Danis Slingers or the Stingers, I believe. Yeah, Danis Stingers, the one in a red two two that when you cycle something it uh, pings your opponent for one. Yeah. Like, you can just play, like, three of those and then just cycle your to your heart's content and then just kill your opponent. That seems like, okay. That's a real thing. And then, like, there's also the... Like, I had a draft deck where I had three copies of uh, Zenith Flare, the four-mana uh, direct damage spell for X, where X is the number of cards with cycling in your graveyard. I had no other win conditions in my deck. Like, I had a couple of the two-twos that either gained me a life or dealt one damage. Besides that... My entire deck was just cheap cycling cards in Zenith Flares. And I just walked through games. Well, yeah, you just ignore what they're doing. And then Zenith Flare uh, flare for like 8 or 10 twice. Hey, good games, dude. Yeah, and you start... And it's like the most beautiful thing in the entire world because you keep every single hand. Like, it doesn't matter what. Unless you have like a hand with like four lands, five lands. You just keep every hand. Like, two lands, infinite cyclers, you're just like, I'm going to never flood. I'm never going to be short on mana. I'm never going to flood. Every game feels perfect. The white-red yeah, deck. that sounds about right. I also have a, a pet draft deck in this format, and I didn't expect it to be the deck that it is just looking at the cards, but I am absolutely fucking in love. Maybe one of my favorite draft decks of all time with the blue-red spells deck in this format particular. What do you like about it? Um... And that leads me to my favorite draft card in this set is Ominous Seas. That's the two-man oh, enchantment that whenever you draw a card, you eight put eight a eights. counter on it. And you can just yeah. start pumping out octopus or octopi. Octopuses. Octopussy. You get to pump out some octopussies. And I shit you not, there are games where I just like cycled through my entire deck, made like three 8-8 eight, eight octopuses in the, in the span of, in a, of one game. And then just, like, just got them sideways. Yeah. I figured that that thing would be good. I can only imagine having multiples of it. Uh, just not even to play two at once, because obviously that would be ridiculous. No, you play the first one and then cycle the second one. Like, hitting that thing on turn two is so clutch. Oh, no. If I definitely had two of them, I would definitely play both of them. I'm saying, like, not cycle them to the other one. Play both of them. But I mean, like, two in a deck just insistent. Mm-hmm. Like having it early as possible. Also, I feel like I'm just a like a, a just a lucky bastard, and every time I have that card in my deck, I just like start it my opening hand with it. That might just be luck. So like, That's take that with a grain a of salt. Bit of luck, yeah. But when you have it, it's really really good. And like just pairing red with that, like the blue white cycling deck is okay. I'm not in love with it, but pairing red with it. And just, like, getting access to all of the insane red removal spells. Like, Fiery Prophecy just becomes the best card in that deck. Because not only does it deal with whatever your opponent's, like, doing, you just also get to draw a card. Yeah, cantrip removal. And that puts a fucking counter on the enchantment. All the value. Oh my god, it's insane. And I think I found my favorite combo in the format. And it involves Porcuparrot, which is the red uncommon uh, mutate guy. 
that is a bird beast. It's a 3-4. Mutate cost is 2 in a red, which that's all that matters on this card. Um, and it has, you tap it, this creature deals X damage to any target where X is the number of times this creature has mutated. Um, like, that card's fine. You have Seems not pretty lived good. until you have thrown that on a Thieving Otter. And Thieving Otter says whenever it deals damage to an opponent, you draw a card. Just tack it onto that guy and then just start pinging and drawing cards and just going off. Just churning. Oh, yeah. Like, that is pod racing, ladies and gentlemen. That feels so good. Yeah, that would feel really, really fun to do to someone. Also, speaking of, like, the swingy aspects of this format, um, Archipelago? Or Archipelagor? It's the seven mana, five and two blue, seven, seven. But it's mutate cost of six. And then whenever this creature mutates, you tap X creatures, where X is the number of times this creature is mutated. Uh, they don't untap during their controller's untap step. That card is a fucking house. Yeah, that seems really good. That card is, like, unbeatable. I've had games where I'm just like, there's no way I can lose. And then my opponent just goes, like, six mana and just mutates this guy onto some idiot, like, 2-2 two, two or something. Taps on my biggest creature, doesn't untap. And then the next turn, they just mutate it again and then just tap my team down and then just crush me in a turn. <laughs> That's like, actually oh. really funny. Okay, cool. And, like, you just always have a fucking flyer or something to throw this guy onto, which feels super awkward. Yeah, that seems like that would be fun to do. Yeah, I mean, and to be fair, I've also had my fair share of games where I just also did that, and it just feels disgusting. Like, I got to put that guy on a uh, sprite dragon with, like, three counters on it and just had, like, 10-10 flyer. It just went to the, t went to the fucking house. Yeah, that seems really good. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the black blue or the blue, the uh, blue red spells deck is by far my favorite. I am also kind of unimpressed with like the like the mid rangey decks in the format because all of them are just like the same deck. So like either you're playing like I'm just want to play the aggressive decks and get my draft on super quickly, so I can just jump in and do another one because I actually enjoy the drafting of the decks. But when I like I, I'm pretty sure the last time I drafted this was like two days ago because I just needed to like take a break, just reset the palette. Yeah, it checks out. The last draft I did, I just played a very good uh, black-green mutate deck. And out of the... I, I was I played it on Arena, and I played six games, so I won three, lost three. Um, but out of the six games that I played, two of them ended because one of the two of us milled out. So it can be super friggin' grindy. Yeah. I mean, that deck also had uh, three copies of Blood Curdle, the four mana... Destroy a creature at instant speed. Like, so my opponent just didn't have creatures that existed. And the creatures that they had, they just didn't... They used all the removal spells on, like, my real creatures. So then I just had, like, the the boot nipper. Just one in a black for a 2-1. Enters the battlefield. You can give it lifelink or death touch. Just, like, here's a 2-1 death toucher. Uh, just go ahead and attack. And just, you can't. Yeah, that's a really good card to just shut your opponent down. Yeah, so I can just blood curdle away their, away their entire board and then just boot knit wall. Good yeah, luck. that seems pretty good. Have fun with that. It's the new it's the new iteration of like the one one death touch snake. It's just two one, one now, but it's a two one in one in a black. Seems good, dude. Oh my god, the format's sweet. Um, lava serpent has really been good too for me. It's the six mana five five uh, with haste and it also cycles for two. Red card, love that card. Yeah, that seems, anything with cycling on it just automatically gets better. Yeah, it just gets bumped up significantly. So yeah, outside is of, better. Yeah, that 
yeah, mutate's insane. Mutate's just better than I could have ever imagined. Cycling's obviously very good. You know what? You know what uh, mechanic in this set is like not surprisingly good because we all knew it was good, but I didn't know it was going to be as good as it is in draft. Companion. Fucking companion. You. It's good in everything. It. It's good in everything. But even specifically, like in draft, there are just times where I, you like, if you sit down to a game and your opponent starts their hand and you see that they have, like, that little companion card, you just, it doesn't matter what the companion is, there's, like, a 70% chance. And I didn't run the numbers. I'm going to have to call fucking Joel Larson Frankie about boy. it. I'll have him. Frank Larson, <laughs> I'll have him run that's, the your, that's the homeboy that needs to <laughs> But, yeah, there's, like, a the 70% numbers. chance that you're just going to outright lose that game because they're always going to have their, their busted rare on curve every single time. It's so fucking great. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Because guess what? You can play it from outside the fucking game. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. Even the not-so-good ones, still pretty good. I'll tell you what, though. I have yet to play against, in, in limited at least, I have yet to play against any of the uh, the elemental, or the like the legendary beasts. The five big three-color legendaries yet. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I haven't played against a single one of them, and I also have not played against any of the Planeswalkers in the set. I won't, They have to be. You've played like 20 or so leagues too, haven't you? I played a shit ton of drafts. I'm telling you, I played somewhere in between 20 and 30 drafts already. You think the games are just going quick enough where you don't ever actually see them or what? Um, For some of them, I think that definitely might be the case. Because if I'm playing uh, like the the two decks that I really want to play, which is the red-white cycling deck or the blue-red oh. spells deck, if I'm playing either one of those decks, my plan is to kill you before turns. That's fair. Yeah. And if we get in any kind of stalemate, like I'm just going to hope to lean back and just like slowly chip in with flyers and shit. But that's not the core strategy of the decks I'm playing. I want to get you dead as soon as physically possible. Just right then and there. Yeah, get you dead. So like that could be a thing where it's just like, I didn't get to see my opponent's bomb mythic rare before they were dead. I'm hoping that's the case. So then I can say that I definitely beat one of the Vivian. Uh, or I could say I beat somebody with the Brokus Apex guy. Yeah, in their deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it makes me sound much cooler saying that I beat those cards even though I didn't actually see them. <laughs> Does it though? They're like, wow, Tyler's really good at magic. He beat all these fucking busted cards. I'm like, yeah, they were definitely in the deck. Guarantee it. I just killed them before they got there. Booyah. Yeah, I knew they were there. They just never saw them. So get wrecked. Checks out. Uh, also, Matt, I, I, it is currently 851. 852, you liar. Oh, you bitch. It is. Do y'all start 852? <laughs> God damn it. That's Eastern Standard Time. I think about now is when I want to get my blood pressure up. You gave me a homework assignment last week. About finding out the what the fuck the Gokoria story is all about with the mutate stuff. Yeah, you you gave me a sneak peek that I would hate it, so I'm not I looking am, forward to it. I did my research, Matt. I'm not happy. I'm not fucking happy. Dude. I think that makes me happy. I don't know. <laughs> I, do, I don't know. I feel like I'm also going to be unhappy, but we're going to find out, I guess. Let me give you a rundown of the Ikoria story. Now, mind you, for everybody listening, I didn't read the books. All I did was just spend like three hours of my life watching videos, reading articles, trying to figure out as much as I could. And every like 15 minutes or so during that three hour period, I had to like walk away. I had Oof. to just get away from my fucking computer because I'm just like, I'm going to punch a hole in my monitor right now. This is so fucking bad. That sounds rough. So, Matt, 
which part of the story would you want? Do you want the one that's being told in the book that's supposed to be the canon for the, the entire magic thing for Ikoria? Or do you want the story that the cards tell? Because those are two different fucking things. Give me both of them. At the same time. Yes. No, give me... Give me the card version first. Well, here, you know what? I will, I will just, I will do what you said first. I will try to go through and give you the comprehensive Aquarius story as someone who didn't read the book recalls it. So Let's from what it. I know, Aquaria is obviously a plane. The story focuses around Luca, who is a guy in like the military of one of the major cities or compounds on Aquaria. There's a couple different fucking cities I can't remember the names of them, but like he is a copper coat, which obviously in his name says he's a copper coat. So he's like one of the like militia for one of the cities. This city's just like a big city with a big wall. And the people in this city that are in like the militia go out and they fucking kill monsters before the monsters can come and fuck up the city. There's another city that's built with balloons that like flies and shit. There's another city that's like built into the side of a volcano that actually has nothing to do with the story, but I think that's cool. <laughs> so just a bunch of fucking cities, right? And the 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 one of the main story like beginning jump off points is that there is a fucking beast and it's like infiltrated the city. So like the copper coats have to go like kill it or whatever. And it is what what if you had to think of the one of the flagship creatures in this set to be a jump off point for the story. What would you pick, Matt? Probably one of the big multicolor idiots. Oh, you're talking about like the mythic rares, like the like the Brokus, uh, the Aluna, the, the other three color mythic rares. Do you think that would be a smart one to jump off yeah, with? That's what I would guess. Well, fucking guess what, Matt? I'm wrong. Yeah, it's instead of any of those, it's the fucking common three, four for five mana flying cat thing. <laughs> that is the creature that starts that's, off the whole entire thing. That's a real bummer. I don't even really play that card in my draft decks, and that is like a center focus point of this fucking set. That's like the main creature. Yeah, that's a real bummer, isn't it? Yeah. So this, the, so the the fucking it's Patagia. I think that's it. Patagia Tiger. Sure. We're just gonna call him Kitty Cat from. So Kitty Cat is in the city, right? And he's just fucking shit up. So the copper coats come, and this Kitty Cat even though he's only a three, four just slays the entirety of this particular brigade of the copper coat. And it's just like, Luca is the only one that survives. And right before this kitty cat goes to kill him, they, they bond, which apparently is the thing that there is going on. And the planeswalker card. Yeah. Humans are bonding with creatures or beasts. So Luca is a bonder. This is how he finds it out. Also, he's not a planeswalker at this point. I guess that's kind of important, but not really. It doesn't fucking matter. So, Luca and the kitty cat bond. The kitty cat goes and fucks off. Um, and Luca goes back. And also Luca is dating the like the general of the army's daughter. It's General uh, Kudro is the main guy. Of Dranith. Of Dranith. Dranith is the city. Awesome. Cool. Now we're putting the pieces together. So he's the guy, right? Cool. Awesome. Um, his daughter is Jarena. You wouldn't know that because she's not in the fucking set at all. But she is in the story. She's also in. Uh, she's also one of the cards in the commander set. So like, she's kind of like pseudo in the set, but also not in the real set. Even though main fucking player in the story. So they're they're dating. Um, General Kudro hates fucking monsters. Like once all of them dead, he's like, no, this place, this is total bullshit. Just kill these fucking things. But now Luca is kind of bonded. Well, that depends. Because if you're reading the cards, Luca's like actually friends with it, with this fucking creature. There's cards that they're just like the flavor text is like them, or even the art 
is them like fighting together or like like go for blood is one uh it's the one red target creature you control fights target creature you don't control the flavor text is luca's bond provides not only friendship but also the most powerful weapon in his arsenal in the fucking story luca doesn't even fucking like this he just doesn't give a shit he's just like oh well now i can use this for like you know killing shit he doesn't even care but in the cards they're like bffs yeah they're homies I mean, look at his Planeswalker card. It's him petting this motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, well, guess what? He doesn't actually care about in the storyline. So I don't know what the fuck we're going to supposed to say about that. So this whole entire thing goes into a whole fucking spiral. And Luca is now like wants to use animal or like the beasts for his bidding. And then I guess like the general finds out that he bonded with one of the beasts. And now he wants to kill Luca. So Luca's banished from the city of Draneth. And then he goes and tries to find the source of all of this, like the monsters, because there's one specific thing that's making all of the monsters on the plane want to kill all the humans. And I guess also that's the source of the mutation. So to answer your question, the source of the mutation is the Ozolith map. The what? That, oh, the... The Ozolith, the one-man artifact. artifact. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Ozolith is like making all the, the creatures want to kill humans. And it's like doing all of the mutation and shit like that. So Luca wants to go and harness the power of the Ozolith to control all the animals to like do some things with them like bad shit. Cause he was like, turns out is not a great guy. He starts out as like the protagonist and turns into like an antagonist kind of fella. Luca. So like, sure. Makes sense. Whatever. Um, and then like eventually halfway through the story, Vivian shows up for no goddamn reason. She's like, Oh yeah, I just wanted to check out what this bonding thing's all about. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> no other fucking background to that. She just shows up and just like, I don't know. Let's see what's going on. Um, the other planeswalker in the set, uh, Narset, no idea where she fucking fits in. She's just kind of there just kicking her white man symbol out of the card. That's it. <laughs> That's all she's here for. <laughs> Someone's got to do it, man. The fucking Christ. Yeah. So Vivian's there and she's just like trying to understand what's going on. And she's like talking to Luca and Luca's just like, no, I want to fucking use the beast to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And apparently like, uh, Jarena, which is General Kudrow's daughter and also Luca's girlfriend, like she has an interaction with the cat thing and the cat thing that I don't know if Luca actually likes or not. Who the fuck knows? Saves her life. So now she's like sympathetic to the things and like somehow the the people of Draneth capture this cat thing. And in the one black removal spell, the uncommon one that it's like he's cutting the head off the cat heartless act like the flavor text of that is. It's them or us. And it's like General Kudrow, like killing that cat. But like in the card, it's him killing the cat. And that's like what the card says. But in the story, apparently that's not the case. Because in the story, that's a main fucking thing where uh, Jarena is there with the cat and Kudrow. And Kudrow's just like, oh, we got to kill this thing. And Jarena's just like, oh, well, that thing saved my life. Uh, we we, I, I, we can't, you can't kill that. And in the story, General Kudrow's just like, oh, no, you're going to kill it. And then she like defies her father and doesn't kill the thing. And like that is like a big story point of like her fucking off her father um in the card he just kills it and just like nothing happens just yep you're done yeah sure the car the cat in the cat's just because it obviously had no counters on it so it got fucking got so then it all like culminates with like a battle and like all this stupid shit it just like and it makes no goddamn like in in the middle of the battle like fucking luca tries to bring all the beasts to draneth and then he ends up losing because he's a little bitch and then right before he's like finally gets like gets killed, that's when his spark ignites and he just bolts off to another plane, random plane, 
where there's like some animals there and uh he tries to like bond with them and like they run away except for one and one like bows down to him and then he like just like goes like <laughs> and that's the end of this so he just is gonna be a king of whatever fucking plane yeah he's the king of fuck all nothing and like vivian doesn't exist who like i guess kudro he dies in the battle so like that's a bummer and I, hopefully at the end, like, everything's hunky-dory, but also who fucking cares? It's just a shit show, dude. It's so bad. It's one of the worst fucking things ever. Yeah, that seems pretty terrible. Oh, my God. I, I was, like, fuming at the mouth. I was so pissed off. At least the last storyline with, like, everyone, the Nickel Bullis rise, and, like, that that went on for multiple... Yeah, that was a whole big thing. And then hopefully they carry that on to Zendikar, but with this... I have no faith in the Zendikar storyline. It's going to end up being like, oh, squirrels are taking over Zendikar and we have to defeat the fucking massive army of squirrel tokens. I would actually be super on board with that. Yeah, sure. The cards will be cool, but the fucking story's going to be garbage. Oh, yeah, the story would be trash. Yeah, so if you're like any kind of a Vorthos, like I used to be, and dig the storyline, it's just it's just a pile now. It's just garbage. So what's the fucking point? It's hot. Tr- yeah, like I, and I'm pretty sure my synopsis, even though I didn't read the book, was spot on. Like, I'm pretty sure I nailed it. And if it didn't make any sense, it's not because I did a poor job explaining it. It's because it doesn't make fucking just sense didn't in the first make place. Sense. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't know if you followed that at all, but I barely followed it. I did. It didn't really match up. They are contradicting. And then the yeah. end is just a big fuck you. Yeah, it just means fuck all nothing to anything. And like, I don't know why Vivian was there. I, I mean, I, and, but at least she was like mentioned and like she existed and had like dialogue, I assume, in the book. And it'd be one thing if, like, commons and stuff aren't mentioned, but that's, like, uh, Planeswalkers have become pretty flagship for, like, you would think for the arc of the story. and The fucking Gatewatch, dude. Like, that is, like, the the core focus of the Magic storyline for a long time was the Gatewatch. Well, now it's just gone. Now I think they're going to do, like, these mini-sodes, which is going to be, like, maybe a set or two that are connected. Also, can I bring up another gripe to get my blood pressure even fucking higher? Sure. I don't know if you watched the uh, the trailer yet. I did not yet. Well, in the trailer, there's this fucking monster, right? And it's I Vivian fighting this monster. Perfect. Yeah, that's your homework for next week. Watch it and then just not get it because, like, nobody fucking does. But it's, like, Vivian fighting this monster, right? First of all, Vivian, what the fuck? Why are you fighting this monster? You had nothing to do with the storyline. Get the fuck out of my fucking house. Second of all, in the, in the thing, she kills this monster, right? And then the, there's this, like, big red spire, or it's a green spire, and then it turns red, and it reanimates the beast that they were fighting. Um, what the fuck is that have to do with anything? Maybe that's the the man. What's it called? The it isn't the ozolith though, because that's ozolith. not what it does. <laughs> no, no, no. But that maybe that's what they just wanted to throw in there. Who knows? I refuse to believe that they that had any point whatsoever, and nothing has any point whatsoever. And magic story and life is meaningless. I think they're going to have a hard time topping the War of the Spark. That one was See, you really liked the War of the Spark tra- trailer. I thought it was good. Like it was a it like evoked emotion for a lot of people. I just love Nickel Bolas. Yeah, and he was like but I'd I be a Nickel Bolas sympathizer. Nickel Bolas sympathizer. <laughs> you like maybe maybe his ideas weren't all bad, guys. <laughs> sure he wants to kill every that. planeswalker, but like maybe some of them deserve to die. <laughs> Some of them died, but I, he's just a big badass. I always liked it. I always liked it. He's I love the Nickel Bullis cards. Fuck. I'm like sweating. I'm You're sad. that heated, huh? Yes. Fuck this story, dude. I'm never going to talk about this story ever. If somebody's going to like 
reach out to me on Twitter and be like, hey, well, how about that story, right? And I'm just going to break my phone into half and just throw it off a cliff. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You want to, you know what? Let's speak about something that's a little bit more or a little bit less uh, enraging to the general public. And let's talk about how Companion is ruining <laughs> every constructed format known to man. Just slightly less <laughs> infuriating. Okay, at yeah. least this is more this is more irritating for everybody as a whole, where the previous thing was irritating for just me as a whole. So with Companion, I knew it was gonna be busted. Turns out it's busted. Yeah, like even when we first talked about it, I think we really stuck to the point that uh Lutri, the elemental otter, he because he was the first one we saw, he was very broken. And you were just like, this card's going to be disgusting in Vintage. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It's probably going to be disgusting pretty much everywhere. And, like, we kind of just w moved past it at that point. Like, I maybe made some uh, remarks about it, like, being really shitty for Commander. Because it, like, doesn't feel very Commander to me. I don't think we had the the cat yet, did we? When we were talking about Companion? Um, We brought, we, we brought it up in the spoilers. But I don't think we really brought it up in the context of the companion mechanic. Like, we really did not give companion as much of a look at as I think the power level needed. But... Well, no, um, we knew it was going to be broken, and there's yeah. no point in... Which didn't harp on it, it as much as we could have. Yeah. Um, but Like, now, it's literally fucking every foot in the mouth. Yeah, now we have a reason to, to complain about it, because it is really throwing some screws into some formats. Yeah, like, Matt, uh, your favorite format... Um, vintage, yeah, Luris is vintage. just... Two of them are really doing some pretty hard work in Tidge right now. I mean, and Luris isn't the only one breaking through in that format, right? No, the uh, the white-red idiot is as well. Uh, Zirda. Zirda, the other cat, yeah. Those are the two really big fox, ones in Vintage. It's a fox, you fucking idiot. Those are cats out there, actually. In the Canis. Canis? I know it's canine, but... <laughs> Canis? <laughs> well, no, what's, like, the actual, like... Canine? No, no, like the Latin. Oh, I have no clue. I think it's... Bitch, I barely I speak know. English. What makes you think I know any Latin? Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Luris is white, or colorless, white hybrid. White, black hybrid, white, black hybrid. That everything That's, in your deck yeah. has to be converted mana cost two or less to be the companion. Not fucking hard. That's permanent type, two yeah, or so less. Yeah, you so you still get to play your Force of Wills. You still get to play your uh, Paradoxical Outcomes. Yep. You still get to play all your fucky shit. But then you also... Um, just are going to continue. Like, deck lists changed, at least in Vintage, very little. Yeah, the not too, like, you obviously don't see that in Bullis Citadel decks or, yeah, uh, like, Tinker, Tinker-style decks, just because... I mean, the, those cards are just better than Luris in yeah. those decks. Yeah, absolutely. But we have but... seen the decks that can just pretty much just free slot in Luris with maybe some changes to the mana. Um, just doing it for free... And just succeeding by miles and miles and miles. Yep. Uh, like, I know there was some shops dexing around that instead of, like, bigger shops that was, like, playing, like, sh uh, like the stack-style decks. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're like, playing, more of a prison shops. They're playing, they still have a lot of lock people. Um, like, they have the spheres and the... Thorn of Amethyst. Thorn. Um, but then they're just playing their normal Ravager-style decks with... Walking ballistas and uh, hangerback walkers, hangerback oh, walkers, stone coil serpent like those X spells, they or are zero. in your deck technically as zero mana spells, but you can make them a lot bigger than a zero mana spell. 
Very easily, yeah. And then so it just lets you sack stuff to Ravager, play it again on each of your turns. Turns out pretty damn good. It's not bad. That is for fucking holy. It actually, shit. if you have uh, Loris Time Vault, like one of the so Voltaic Key, or I think the new one's Manifold Key, uh, you take infinite turns in shops. That's fun. Yeah. Well, I guess you could do it either way with that, but Ravager lets you kill them quicker. Never mind. That's a point. It's redundant. Yeah, it's, it's repetitive and redundant. Have you but, also seen that a lot of those shop stacks are playing the Ozolith as a one of? I didn't. I honestly see that, but it doesn't surprise me because counters are pretty good with Ravager and Walking Ballista. And there's a lot of counters being thrown around, and they're also yeah, playing... Yeah, because you're playing uh, these X spells too, right? Like, these X spells are what are making up. the deck very powerful. You just... And all the X spells deal with counters. Yep. Not to mention Ravager and Steel Overseer. So that's one way that Loris has kind of changed it up a bit. And then I saw, like, a lot of, like, Doomsday-style decks just doing work. In Vintage? Yeah. Oh, those those decks are also succeeding greatly in Legacy as well. Yeah. I Well, our buddy won the, the Legacy uh, PTQ online. No, it's a it was a Legacy Preliminary event. Preliminary event. Yes. We 5 would with... A Premier event. Sorry, my bad. Grixis Delver, four Mishra's Bobbles, Luris in the sideboard. Sprite Dragon also did fucking work for him. Yeah. Like, you can go, if you want to look up the deck list, it is on, like, you can go to Magic, or to MTG Goldfish, and it's in the Legacy. It's the Legacy uh, premiere event from April 21st. Yeah, and this yep. is, like, one of, this is, like, one of our, like, close friends. Yeah. How much did Mishra's Bobble spike because of this fucking? Um, you cannot purchase Mishra's Bobbles online. They are sold out everywhere. Really? Yeah. I have seen people playing... Urza's Bobble in place because it's just like whatever. It's a zero man artifact that draws me a card. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a, oh yeah. They're like a bobble is a bobble is a bobble. Yeah, they're like going for ten bucks again, ten fifteen bucks online. eBay. A yeah. Mishra's. I'm saying online. A Mishra's Bobble oh, oh, is like going for MTGO. like fifty dollar. That's ridiculous. On Magic Online. That's bananas. Yes. Yeah. Paper for a long time they were eighty bucks because of. They had one printing, and they were seeing playing Death Shadow. And then they reprinted them, and they dropped, and now they're like back on like 10, 10 or so bucks. Yeah, no, they're fifty. They're fifty dollars, even for the mo- the uh, modern iconic. masters ones or iconic masters. Thank you, iconic masters ones. They're fifty bucks. That's absurd. Yeah, I mean, the like the those decks just are so insane. Every deck with Loris is just so busted because you are just playing a spell based deck. Like, Lurus is really such little of an impact. The biggest impact for the Delver decks is that they don't get to play, like, true name nemesis anymore. But, okay. Like, sure. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a real... And, and most of the time in Legacy, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, most decks, the permanents, are generally under three mana anyway. Um, yeah. Out, it de- like, I mean, Death and Taxes is a weird deck, one. Right? Yeah, like Delver, you're never going to over three in those decks. Yeah, like obviously I can't play Luris as my companion in DNT because that deck just is so dependent on its three drop spells. Yeah, it's heavy on that. Yeah. And the three the three drop spells are the, the, the impactful ones that like get your opponent dead. Like you are obviously never going to not play like Stoneforge Mystic in Playing Stoneforge Mystic means you are guaranteed to at least have one five mana permanent and one three mana permanent in your deck. Guaranteed. Yeah, makes sense. And like there's obviously like you can't play it in like show and tell because you need the permanence. 
like omniscience and stuff and obviously like <laughs> like Grusselbrand and Emrakul. Yeah, those are different style of decks, I guess. Yeah, but there's decks like uh like the four color uh like loam decks or like lands. You can get away with lands just like not dealing with it. Um Storm can, can is you, another one. Can you play a land from your graveyard or is it non land? It's non land permanent. Non land permanent. Okay. I'm just talking about just gen- just generic decks that have like maybe that one's not specifically a good example. I'll admit for uh, the the companion thing. for that scenario, yeah. But yeah, Loris is making big waves. Um, there's also I don't know if this is making so much uh impact in uh vintage as it is legacy, but um Yorin, these are some of my favorite shit on the planet. Just eighty card garbage piles with Yorin that are just crushing everybody. I saw like uh, one of those decks that. It was basically like a Euro Urza Escape Shift deck. In modern. And I was like, yeah, and I was like, sure, why not? Just have an 80-card deck that has three different combos in it. Why not? Well, also, consider this. You are in those decks. You don't die to Wasteland, or you don't die to Blood Moon, or you don't die to any of those effects, because you're playing a bunch of basics, because you're also playing Astrolabe. Astrolabe's drawing a card when you're playing it, and then it just gets your mana perfect so that you can cast your... Uh, urine, and then when you cast your urine, you get to blink the astrolabe and draw more cards, as well as everything else. Yeah, like you could also just blink your Snapcaster Mage, or blink your Ice Fang Coddle, or blink your Euro. Yeah, or your the Urza. Yeah, if you're playing in modern, yeah, you could just blink Urza or blink um Emery. Yeah, and then does that play? See, I'm playing Legacy. The Emery version? No, you know what the one that's no 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 no, no the, the urine. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's, like, a Miracles list. There's also a Bant list that is pretty much the same thing that we just explained for Modern, just playing better non-creature spells. Like, it's still playing Ice Fang Coddle. It's still playing Euro. still playing Snapcaster Mage. Obviously still playing Astrolabe. But, like, that deck gets to play Oko. That get, get that deck gets to play Jace. That, get, that deck gets to play four Brainstorms, four Ponders, four Preordains, because you have to make 80 cards in the deck. Like... Deck is super good. Yeah, it's just a bunch of really good cards. Like you said, 80-card piles. Yeah, just 80-card piles that always have the a crazy good 5-mana spell. Do you remember the good old days when Deathrite Shaman was too good for Legacy? <laughs> I don't think anybody's calling for a Deathrite Shaman unbanning yet, but <laughs> we might get... We're freaking birthing pot in Modern. You know what's another deck in Legacy specifically that I saw it was really cool that's using that's utilizing the uh, one of the Companions? the uh bomberman you nailed it yeah, yeah bomberman that, featuring zirda zirda yeah yeah uh turns out zirda making the permanence in your uh that, that you own their activated abilities cost two less um you there is a lot of ways that you can go infinite with that pretty much any of the mana rocks um yeah grim monolith assault monolith all of those go infinite yeah, with your nice little card that you always have access to. Yeah. And then you just, like, get to kill them with the normal way that you would kill them. Or you can just play all of your other great spells. Like, that deck is playing Karn. That deck is playing Walking Ballista. Oh, Karn's not banned in Lissy, huh? Karn the Great Creator? No, it's not. Yeah. I mean, and it's not banned in Modern either, but you still Modern's get to play Microsynth Black. Yeah, you, uh-huh. which is fine in Modern, but there's so many better artifacts in Legacy. Like the ones you just said, Grim Monolith, uh, the Basalt Monolith, the ones that are, what, three mana, 
or two mana and add three. Yeah, and you untap them for anything less than five, which all of them are, conveniently enough. They all net mana that way. And you can just do that permanently until you have yeah. a million mana. And then you cast in a million, a million walking ballista. And then you shoot your opponent for approximately a million. Yeah, seems pretty good. good. <laughs> oh, and we can talk about the uh, the one that we alluded to in the intro with uh, Garuda. Garuda. They really fucked up not calling him Gyarados. Gyarados, whatever. Gyarados! A little bit of Pokemon oh, if throwback. If they were done a collab with Pokemon. It pretty, they pretty much have, dude. <laughs> Just what would all the companions be as Pokemon? You say, Obviously, I choose you, Loris, instead of Pikachu now. There you go. <laughs> what would Loris be? I can't even think. Eevee. He'd be the... No, no, no. He's, a, he's water, though. He's in water. Loris? Yeah. Loris is not in water. Yeah, I mean, in his art he is. He's, like, coming out of the water and, like, shooting lightning balls. Then he would be friggin' Vaporon. Vaporon? Vaporon? The Eevee of Vaporeon? the water type. You fucking the pleb. Yeah, that one. Oh, Zaruda would be Ninetales, and it's not even kind of close. Yep, I see. He's not more fire Buck no, or Grimer. Yeah, we went off on a hard damn thing. I love this. <laughs> that. That is my bad. I will take responsibility for that yeah, one. You definitely have to own that one for sure. Oh, God damn it. But yeah, this Garuda combo. He's not coming out of the water, you idiot. He's in grass. Lutri? Luris. Oh, no, he's a cat. What would he be? He'd be like the, he'd be. The, the dark no, Eevee you know, or whatever. He'd be. He'd be the dark Eevee. That's Umbreon. Umbreon. I couldn't remember that one. Dude, don't worry. Yeah. God, that was, that was a good tangent. I like tangents like that. Yeah, that was a he, real good one. <laughs> he has a little kitten with him. I never knew. How did you not notice this little baby boy? It's the cutest part about that card. Oh, and the fact that it's white, but also the kitty cat. But uh, I am going to pick up one of each of these in foil for vintage purposes. Yeah, until they're banned. Until can I am at this point, I am going to so far going to go so far as to say that they are probably just going to outright ban the companion mechanic from constructed events. Oh, that's entirely possible. Because, like, I saw a tweet, and it was, like, last week when this format, or these cards had been out for, like, five days. And at that point, there are ten of these. Eight of them have top-aided major online events in one format or another. Eight of them. That generally happens, though, with new sets, too, until people realize how to deal with them. But here's the thing. You can't deal with these. Yeah, what, are you going to thought seize this away, champ? No, you're not, idiot. I forget who posted it, but they posted a picture of they had a Pyrexian Revoker, two Cavernous Souls naming Cat, and something else, and they ended up winning and actually even cast them. I love that. See, that's what I like to see. Like, even if you try to play around these things, you're just dead anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because you're waiting to deal with that, and then they kill you all with something else. Yeah, do you know when I plan on playing Death and Taxes next? At this what point, never. Why is that? Because Legacy's unplayable. Like, Death and Taxes is unplayable in a meta where the threats in every single deck are, like, unanswerable. They're all creatures, so Thalia doesn't do shit for you. Yeah, that's actually really funny to me that uh, that deck is designed to be Delver, and it can't be Delver. Now it can't. Like, even the Blue Red Delver, which should just be my bread and butter, which Blue Red Delver is essentially the, the deck that people are playing now. They're just splashing the slightest amount of black or the slightest amount of white so they can cast Loris. Like, my best option is because they're doing that now, they're not playing any basics, and I can Wasteland and port the ever-loving shit out of them. 
But if they ever get to three mana, I'm dead on the spot. Yeah, because they can just get their card engine going and do work. Yeah, I just have to save like a path for this. But then by the time they cast this, I'm just like, I've already expended so many resources trying to make sure that they don't get to this point. It's going to be, it's a tough world for a death and tax player right now, I think. And like, poor that little, might even be child. like, a, that might be a net neutral matchup. Like that might be a 50, 50 matchup down the center, but all the decks that are also in the format that are like be playing to beat this are like ant who's also playing, uh, Luris, which now I just cannot beat if they have Luris. Um, elves is coming back in a big way. Why elves, can't you beat them if they have Luris? Uh, just because it gives them a faster clock. Oh, they can play an additional LED. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, my only thing with that is I would have to, j- I'm, I would probably have to jack up my number of uh, Phyrexian Revokers and just like have to hit, have to name LED and then just like pray to the gods. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Elves is coming back in a big way. Elves is like an unwinnable matchup for Death and Taxes. It's a hard world for a Death and Taxes player. And to boot, Oko is still in this format. Oko is really tough to beat for a Death and Taxes player. Yeah, they just make three threes and stop your three threes. Uh-huh. Life's tough, man. Life's real hard. Life is, life is tough, dude. You know what, though? I think I'll be okay. Will it, though? I could see. I think I agree with you because let's, in Vintage, well, they don't really care when they print stuff about Vintage, but or they don't care about Vintage when they print stuff. Excuse me. Um, guess what? Even if they restrict it, it really <laughs> you only need one matter yeah so i don't think that if anything i could see them either banning the card or banning the mecha- the companion mechanic yeah how- i don't know if it's gotten to that point yet but it might i mean we're still pretty early off though but just yeah. the data that we have from all of the online events that are going on it's leaning towards the fact that this mechanic is way too fucking by a country mile away. These three mana ones have really made LED pop. Pretty gross. Pretty fucking gross, dude. That it is. For MTG finance section, did LEDs skyrocket? Um, I actually don't know. The thing is, I don't... doesn't look like it. See, paper prices of cards, like just imagine the backlash about these cards how much more it would be if we had paper events going on right now. Uh, prices have been botting. I've been taking full advantage. Yeah, which you should, especially everybody out there. You, if you are interested in buying paper cards, I mean, you got to take advantage of a bad situation. Like if you have the expendable income and you're really looking at purchasing cards, it's a time. Yeah, LEDs have actually dropped. Crazy. Got to sell your lion's eye diamonds to buy toilet paper, guys. I don't even think that's why people, are, <laughs> like prices are botting. People just aren't bidding on stuff or buying stuff yeah. i personally bought a lot of shit in the last two weeks hey you've been snatching up old school shit yes i have been well you and i are about to dive into a magic the gathering purchase together that we are nice transition how about that you like that and this purchase is actually not for either of us it's for the people for the person yeah well yeah it's for one specific person but we don't know who that person's gonna be also very true yeah, so we still need is, to figure that out, that part of it out. Oh, uh, yeah, we're gonna, we still haven't figured out exactly how that's gonna go, but that's for future us to worry about. Right now, we're just worried about giving some spice to the world. Giving the spice to the world. We're, we're here to wet the palates, boys and girls. We're talking about our spice of the week, and our spice of the week this week is probably the most special spice of the week we have had yet and might ever have. It is pretty spicy. It is. The deck itself, I think it's solid. It's pretty good. 
Um, but the real spice is coming from the fact that one of you lucky Faction Shock listeners is going to get the chance to win this deck. This exact deck. Card for card and then some. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. We are talking about our one-year giveaway. In four weeks, Faction Shock turns one-year-old. Our baby's growing up, man. It's growing up. It can almost buy beer, right? Not quite, but we got... In, like, Europe or something, it can. Probably. <laughs> I think yeah, that's how so it works. Math for checks our, out. For our one-year anniversary, we are giving away an entire commander deck custom-built by me and Matt. And we would be remiss if we didn't go back to some of the finer points of Fetch and Shock to get some inspiration for this deck. So our the commander for this deck is friend of the podcast, Thurston or Torsten von Ursus. He a thirsty boy. He is extra thirsty. So we built an entire deck around one of the funniest moments in podcast history. This was an episode that Corey was on, right? I believe that it was, yes. Corey, you're going to have to uh, fucking double check on that for us. But he, yeah. No, he was, because that was one of his cards for... For accumulated AK. knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we can go back to the the origins of this concept. Um, friend of the podcast, David Morris, um, actually, during his uh, isolation, his quarantine, he's been on a little bit of a, a, a buying spree on eBay, and he found one of these beauties. You're not the only one, brother. And purchased it for for the lovely boys of the Fetch and Shock podcast. And that gave us the idea, hey, why don't we build a commander deck around this guy? And why don't we make that the one-year giveaway? So that's exactly what we fucking did. We did it. You actually built the deck. You've bounced some ideas off of me. Oh, yeah. And also, I've been building, like, a fucking ton of commander decks recently. So I was kind of in the zone for it. I don't think we should spoil the actual deck list. But rather, you know it's going to be white-green. It's definitely white-green. And... It's themey. I did. It is themey. I did some research on Torsten, and it turns out he is actually the original founder of Benalia, and he was one of the knights, the human knights, you could say. Um, even though he's a human soldier, because like, thanks, wizards. <laughs> some to some shitty errata. Yeah. Um. He. Yeah. He founded Benalia, so he is one of the founding members of one of the largest cities in Dominaria, the original home of magic. And there are some fucking heaters in this deck. I will, let's, we can go ahead and spoil a few cards, right? Yeah, give some, uh, give some of the highlights, I guess. Some of the highlights are, I mean, you obviously, it's the Fetch and Shock podcast. So there's obviously a Windswept Heath in here. And there's obviously a Temple Garden in here. Makes sense. Because we couldn't not put a Fetch and a Shock in it. Additionally, we want to make sure that you will be able to attack for commander damage with uh, Torsten. And, you know, he's just a 5-5 by himself. He's not going to kill somebody with commander damage just right then. So we got to make him bigger and make your opponent's creature smaller. That's where Elish Norn comes in. You know me and Matt are big fans of the Praetors. We are fans of the Praetors. We also got some value cards in here. Um, I, I obviously had to force Athalia into the deck. So you got a Athalia Heretic Athar, which is big time. Even though I hate it with all my heart and soul, we did. you do get a, a Soul Ring in it. Oh yeah, that's right. You're in that camp. of the Oh, fuck Soul Ring, dude. I fucking hate Soul Ring. Um, one of my favorite cards, Swords of Plowshares. Matt, I know you're a big fan. There's a, there's some Eternal Witness action here in here. There is an Eternal Witness. I know you're a big fan of that card. And there are all of the fucking cons. Basically, the idea of the deck is you are going to be playing some humans. You're going to benefit from playing some humans. And your humans are going to be getting big and nasty. And you're going to be killing 
everybody else at the table with you. That's the plan. There's a lot of just good commander stuff here, too. Yeah, there is that. And that was kind of the point of the deck, too. We wanted to build a deck that was themey around Torsten, but then also just have some cards in here that are just ubiquitously powerful and can, especially for this color combination. Like you're obviously going to have your cultivate your Kadama's reach. Like you need your mana. Well, green's just the best colored commander, isn't it? Um, it's up there. I mean, it's all about personal preference. Right? Probably. Well, no actual, like really good playable cards, like the mana ramp stuff. And... Yeah. There's just some like on, you just can't leave some of the cards out. And like the mana ramp is some of the cards that you have to put in these decks. Yeah. It, just, it helps you do your thing. Yeah, so there are some some good cards in here for for the folks. And uh, me and Matt got some cards together from our own collections, and we're going to order the rest of it. Um, and we're going to have to have a conversation about how we actually want to give this thing out. Yeah, we haven't actually talked about that. We talked about doing a little bit, but we haven't talked about how to. But this is just a little little teaser, a little taste test for the uh, event inevitable giveaway for the one year for the Fashion Shock. Yeah. So if you want to win an entire commander deck, playable, it's going to come in a deck box. It's going to have sleeves. It's going to have tokens that me and Matt have made. It's going to have all the fucking bells and whistles. And it can be all yours. the bells and whistles. Just keep your eye on the Fetch and Shock Twitter. That's Fetch underscore Shock on Twitter. And you'll, you will hear. And I'm assuming at some point we will actually post the deck list. No, fuck that. We're not posting the deck list. Oh, never mind. Fuck them. We're not posting the deck list. We'll post it after someone. Oh, or there we we'll go. Or we'll let them. I would hope that whoever wins uh, does a little show off because like they should flex a little bit. Get that flex on. The deck is good, though. Like I am considering trying to find a way to uh, maybe slowly purchase this deck for myself to play it because it looks like it would be a blast. Not quite my style, but it does look it could be fun. Oh, it would be super fun. Speaking of commander, I actually busted my commander deck out and edits to it. Oh, I love that. Hell yeah. Maybe we'll have to play some commander. Maybe we'll maybe that will make that a part of uh, the one year. What playing commander? A live commander game Q and A between you and me. Oh, just kind of shooting the shit. Yeah, we'll just yeah we'll just bullshit like we normally do, and then we can just like live stream it. Yeah, we could do that. That doesn't seem like a bad idea. That's uh, I mean we're gonna have to see in a month if uh, we can get together or if we can the uh, quarantine or something. Yeah, exactly. Like we'll we'll see. If so, not, we can post date it or whatever. Yeah, we, it's a lot of TBD at this point, but what is not TBD is this deck and how sweet it is and how very much somebody is going to enjoy this when they win it. I'll tell you what, I will play Commander with you if you finally build a fucking old... You know what? We can do a game of Commander and a game of old school and a match of old school. I'm done with that. That'll be our Fetch and Shock Q&A. That we might have to one of your favorite decks style that can play in oh i'm building mono white you can do mono white or you can do what's called pink weenie it's oh, red and white aggressive with like bolts bolts and then you get the you get some like red elemental blasts in your sideboard you can do blood moon oh hell yeah. here's the thing if we do that can i just use like modern versions of the cards because they're cheaper a lot of the stuff, dude, you can just get revised. Yeah, but I already have, like, Savannah lines that aren't revised, but you know what I mean. I don't know. We'll talk about that. Again, a lot of this is TBD, but you know what's not TBD, Matt? This the, the This spice of the week. The Thurston, or Torsten. I, I, I went off on that thing again. Weird tangent thing that Matt is doing tonight. <laughs> Shocker. You've been drinking, boy. Ginger ale. Ooh. Without actually anything. Weird. I Who know, are you? Right? What have you done with Matt? 
I honestly, I was going to get a glass of whiskey, and then I sat down, and I was like, Ugh. Oh, no, too comfortable. Do I want to get back up or no? <laughs> Short answer, did not want to, it turns out. Yeah, makes sense to me. God, I love it. Well, again, if you are interested in winning this deck, which of course you are, because it's free shit, and it's from us, with love, keep an eye, Fetch and Talk Twitter, there'll be more details coming out uh, within the coming weeks, getting a little bit closer to the one year, but we wanted to give a little bit of Little, like I said, a little bit of spice, a little bit of a taster for it. Matt, you know what you we got to move on to? I don't know. We got to move on to the top five of the week, man. Nah. Nope, just going to not do it. <laughs> no, I, I'm actually excited about this one. I like uh, our topic. I'm actually pretty excited about this one, too, which is surprising because we came up with it literally minutes before we fired off the podcast. Yeah. And then so... we both came, we came up with a topic, agreed on it, and then we both immediately knew within like, maybe five minutes, what our top fives were going to be? Yes, so it is top five non-Crifax. With uh, a stipulation. Obviously, Tyler had to put a stipulation where mine would have been Black Lotus, Mox Sapphire, Mox Jet, Mox Emerald, Mox Ruby. I um, love how you with... wouldn't put Mox Pearl on that. You scumbag. You're goddamn right I wouldn't put Mox Pearl on God, that. God, you're such a piece of shit. It actually probably is better than right now because mental. Yeah, but you're just a card. But I also like. <laughs> yeah, but so we're doing top five non non power. Yes. So, so no artifacts Lotus, that, no mocks. Yeah, those artifacts are, that are not as good as power, but also they can attack or block. Very true. All right, dude. Well, um, why don't you start us off with your uh, honorable mentions? There are a ton that I didn't mention because there are many, many good. Artifacts. Artifacts have been the fucking bee's knees since Alpha. Been very powerful. They've only gotten better. And yeah, artifacts are turns out really good. And new cards only make old cards better. Turns out. What's so up, companions? Just yeah, just a couple uh, that came to mind right off the bat. Uh, these two could be considered to be power. Uh, they're not actually Moxes. Soul Ring and Mana Crypt. Mm. Uh, just super powerful uh, mana ramp that's colorless that can literally slot to any deck and not really hurt at all. I like that. Uh, uh, another one that can be in that category is LED, uh, Lion's okay. Eye Diamond. This was considered to be the fixed Black Lotus. Turns out you don't really need your hand if you're going to kill him. <laughs> you're not wrong. That match out be as well. Being able to sack for three of any mana and play for free... Turns out it's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Uh, two, we'll call this two combo artifacts. Uh, the altar cycle, so like Ashnod's altar and the Pyrexian altar. Oh, yeah, uh, those are good ones. Sac sacrificing a creature for, and the one I had on here is Ashnod's altar, but I figured the altar cycle is pretty good to put yeah, on there. Yeah, so you just get either two colorless so, mana or one of any color. Eight, yeah, um, and Skull Clamp, those are both two very combo-y centric artifacts hell yeah um and this one's kind of a combo but it wasn't originally made to be a combo piece uh Zurin orb so it's a zero mana artifact where you Ooh. sack a land and gain two life huh. but when whenever they printed um the fuck is that card where you could cast lands from your graveyard oh crucible of worlds crucible i knew it was something worlds crucible of worlds with fast bond let you literally gain infinite life, make infinite mana, and go off. Oh, and also, uh, Crucible Worlds artifact. Also an artifact. Yeah. Weird. And then my last, one of my last, my last uh, honorable mention. Um, this has always been one of my favorite cards. It's really powerful, um, especially in limited. It's one of the best cards ever. Um, you want to guess what that is? 
printed originally in alpha. Icy Icy manipulator. Yes, sir. I'm surprised that's not your top five. My top five is pretty fucking (laughs) fair. That that was number six. It was in my top five, and then I was like, forget that. Um, But yeah, so actually, I lied. Now I'm gonna keep it in there since I already called it out. Um, yeah, just really no good. It's been good since, that. yeah, it's been good since Alpha. It's still good. The, it was printed in Dominaria. It's arguably the best card in Limited in Dominaria. It's one of the um, best. It's one of the best uncommons. Yeah, so it's four mana, and then one mana you can tap, creature, artifact. Or- yeah, very good. good. So those are the ones that I had on the, uh, Honorable Man. I really do enjoy Mana Rocks. So Honorable Mentions are, I have segments on there. I love I knew it. I figured you were going to call those out. Yep, so shout out to the segments. Also, Cube staples segments also uh i am a big fan of artifacts like cage sun and like gauntlet of power the big double your mana and double your mana your team. bigger creatures yep i love those fucking types of artifacts so those are some honorable mentions i also like artifacts obviously from like norin like uh gate to the aether and omen machine just things that fuck the game up also teferi's puzzle box that's a good one yeah that's a real piece of shit artifact isn't it that fucks everyone's hand. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever at your draw step, uh, when you go to draw a card, instead you put the cards in your hand, bottom of your library, and then you draw the amount of cards that you would have in your hand. Nice little combo with like underworld dreams or just to fuck people's hands up. Oh yeah. Or. You could really put the stones to somebody with that one. Yeah. So those are my honorable mentions. Matt, should I? Ju- I I should jump in first, right? Uh yeah. I just last time. Alrighty. So. I'll start out. My number five, one of your honorable mentions, it's Skull Clamp. Yep, that makes sense. One of the best. It's probably the best equipment ever. Uh, yes, I would. And equipments are notoriously some of my favorite cards ever. And Skull Clamp just does the thing that it does. And nothing else even comes close to the power level. So, like, oh, it, this was you have a one one be... Uh, You can turn that into two cards with the small cost of one. So a little fun fact. Uh, this was going to be two mana to play and two mana to activate. And or to equip and last minute they made it one and one yeah which is fucking absurd yeah uh really good with like you said tokens uh you went with the wrong type of token it is really good with uh monk tokens from monastery mentor it is and or young pyromancer one one elemental elemental tokens tokens. but like thopters though dude thopters yeah fair i love me some thopter action and you gotta sacrifice artifacts to the artifact True, I'll give you that. Uh, give them the good. clamps. Uh, banned in literally everything except Vintage and Com- Yep, which is and... probably correct. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't imagine me with Skull Clamp. It would just oh, be Skull Clamp. would just be everything. Yeah, it'd be Elf Ball. Yeah, which, I mean, I would hate that. That would be a world that I didn't want to live in, so glad it's not that. Yeah, so very good on the top five. Like I said, many of these are super powerful. And, oh, for sure. Uh, my, my number, number four, though. I need to go with my number five. First. Oh yeah, do do your number five. My bad. I don't think you're gonna expect this. Hmm. Birthing. I didn't expect that. I expected that to be much higher on your list. I know, and so that should let you know it is one of my favorites. Um, Wild. But I have a lot more favorites. Huh. So anyone who knows me knows uh, I love Birthing Pod. It, it was a sad day, and I haven't really had fun in modern since that got banned. Matt has not recovered since the day Birthing Pod I, was banned. Like eight years or something. <laughs> still mourning the loss every every goddamn bnr i die a little it doesn't get undead <laughs> oh but and honestly honestly right now 
Uh, no one can argue the fact that Vinpod would be too powerful. With Companion, I think I... And Urza and all of those decks, Urza. and people just... Less Urza. There, it was a simpler time when you played Noble Hierarch into Pod, and then you played a two-drop to go get your fucking kitchens, man. You're, it was a simpler time, you're right. I can't tell you how many times I've beat people to death with Kitchen Finks and Restoration. Oh my god, yeah, that was that was your golden age. That is the golden age, bud. Yeah, I said your golden age, not the golden age. That was my golden age. <laughs> you are not wrong. Um, all right, let me hit you with my number four. Yeah, give it to uh, me. Newer card. Uh, I think it was printed specifically for me. Uh, Bolus's Citadel. Oh, I knew this was going to be on your list, too. Yeah, it is now just the best target that there is. Oh, yeah, it's let not you, even kind of close. Let you trade life for cards, which is what I'm all about. Yeah, you, that that card is right up your alley. Like, the second it was printed, you and me were both just like, ooh. I think this is actually a podcast episode where we talk about this card being like, oh, this is a Matt card for sure. Uh, probably. Um, the second it was printed and it was on eBay, I don't try to pre-order things, but I just bought foil copies of it. Only need oh, yeah. one, but it's cheaper to buy four, believe it or not, because it's still, it's not an expensive card. It's just, I needed that, needed that one for Vintage. And you had to get the sweet foil bird. Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> so what is, uh, oh, I guess it's three black, black, black. Um, you may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may play that card from the top of your library, pay life equal to its uh, CMC. And then uh, you can tap it and sacrifice 10 non-land permanents to dome something for 10. Yeah, that's opponent for nothing. That opponent for 10, yeah. Yeah, pretty good. So what's your number four? You would never guess my number four, but my number four is one of my favorite cards to ever play in Commander ever. It is Library of Lang. I wouldn't have guessed that, but I know what it does. Um, that's a yeah. good one. Library so of Lang holds a artifact. very close piece of my heart. Yeah, that I know you're a big fan. Yeah, so the, it's the one that's one man can discard off the top. And yeah, so the the yeah. actual the errated text on the card is it's a one man artifact. It says you have no maximum hand size, and if an effect causes you discard a card, you can discard it to the top of your library or your graveyard. So you get to choose so where you go. You never mill. No, you can you can't mill out. And you, it's a uh, reliquary tower effect where you can you have, have sixty no cards in your hand. Yep. The old text is you skip your. Let me let me get it exactly. The old you text discard is, to the top of your library. I think is how it, that part's worded. No, it, there is no limit to size of your hand. This is an antiquities all star. Well, this is from alpha and beta too. Then it's not from antiquities. I thought it was. No, it's alpha beta, bud. Oh, nice. I, yeah, this card just goes out without explaining. Like I love, I love library. I put it in as many commander decks as I possibly can, just because it's like oh. If somebody tries to make me discard, I don't have to. If I play a wheel effect or somebody else plays a wheel effect, I get to keep my good spells. Um, I never mill unless I want to. It's perfect. Yeah, it goes without, goes without really much explanation behind it. Yeah, I mean, and it's a win condition in my crew fix commander deck. Yeah, which is hilarious. Where I just... draw half my deck and then I make everybody windfall multiple times and then they have to draw their entire decks and I don't. It's nice. It's very nice. But my number three, Matt, my number three is a very powerful magic gathering card. It is, no, it is Mind Slaver. Ooh, Mind Slaver is a fun one. Sorry, Finn. Just scared the shit out of Finn. <laughs> the Mind Slaver excitement. Got the best of your dogs. He was just getting a belly rub and I went, ooh, and he was like, oh, let's party, dude. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mind he heard, Slaver. He heard Mind Slaver on the other side of the, the uh, 
phone call and he was just like, oh, oh, hell yeah. Now it's time to get down. Let's take somebody's turn. Let's get after it. Yeah. So Mind Slaver is a six mana artifact that for four mana, you can sacrifice it and take your opponent's turn for them. And that's about it. Yep. Yeah, that's that's what it does. Um, it's a uh, little combination with a land called Talarian Academy. Before Talarian Academy, card made this card ridiculous. Um, was it the colorless one that does a similar thing? Nope. What was it? This was Goblin Welder's best friend. Oh yeah, that's right. That was a thing that Goblin Welder could do, wasn't it? Welder's stacks was a card, and that was your win condition. Mind slip. I love that. You just take all their turns, kill yeah, them this with is... their own deck. This is an infinite combo in a lot of ways because you just get to take your opponent's turn infinitely and you don't have to do anything with their turn except for draw a card at their upkeep. Yeah. So at a certain point in time, they're not going to have any more cards in their deck and you just win the game. Yep. Or you can do more fun things like really fuck up their hand if you don't have any loop. Yeah. Or yeah, you like you said, you can just cast this once and then like use a removal spell on their creature or like waste one of their counter spells on their own thing or uh, there's endless things that you can do to fuck your opponent up with a mind's labor and all of it's fun and i love this him to torok themselves force the him misdirect the force yeah there's yep. you could do some really stupid stupid stuff with mind's labor all right matt what's yeah, your number good, three good uh good one yeah i knew you'd like that one uh so this one Kind of stole the show a little bit uh, with the new the deck that recently just got the axe. But this was an old-time favorite of mine, uh, Crack Clan Ironworks. Oh, you like a KCI to, boy. Yes, I used to have a deck that had Crack Clan Ironworks, Mirror Retrievers, and uh, the Disciple of the Vaults. Oh. Which just let me loop and infinitely nug them for one. Yeah, that'll do it. Just keep it going. I love that. But, That's a good one. Yeah, that and it recently got banned. Some shitty rolls interactions. Also, not really recent, but um, very good. But it's similar to Ashnod's Altar. It's four mana. You sacrifice an artifact, and it adds two colorless mana to your mana. Yeah, but unlike mm -hmm. the altar, you can sack. It's a second artifact, not a creature. So you can sack artifacts that obviously uh, benefit from being sacrificed. Yeah, stuff that draws cards or makes mana in itself. A uh, Cathodian was a fun one to sacrifice. Oh, see, you're going real old school with that. That's like very, that's a far departure from the modern monstrosity that KCI was. Oh, uh, yeah, it, that's what I said. It wasn't any rules interaction. It was, the deck was green-black artifacts. It killed with Disciple of the Vault or actually, um, what was the other thing? Oh, I have no idea. I don't remember what it was. That's going to bug me. Oh, Kraken was the other card in it. Oh, okay. Kraken is a green-green X and you get an XX. I love that. Yeah, that's the the glory days. That's phenomenal. God, what is your gonna be? What is your number two and number one? I have no idea. I'm sure if you really had to think about it, you could probably figure it out. See, uh, I thought Burning Pop was gonna be way up there. My, my number two, uh, Time Vault. Oh, okay. So, okay. Time Vault, two mana artifact comes into play tapped. You may skip your turn to untap it. And then you tap it, take an extra turn. Yeah. It turns out when you can untap that, you just take infinite turns. Yeah, especially if it's a With way that is easy. Voltaic key or Manifold, Manifold key. key. Tezzeret, the Seeker, can go search it out and then take infinite turns. Yep. yep. Yeah, that card's real good. Yep, still a vintage fun card to play. Infinite turns. Turns out it's pretty good. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, usually when you can take infinite turns, you can find a way to kill your opponent pretty quickly. Yeah, you're going to have to kill him quickly. You can kill him slowly, you're right. Say, I have this card that's going to kill you. So Snapcaster Mage, if they don't have a way to deal with it, that's your game over. If you have Turn a Mistress into a factory, lethal threat. Yep. Gotta love that, man. What is your numero dos? My numero dos, a little bit of a cheat here. My number two is the death and taxes equipment because i couldn't make my entire top eight just sort of fire nice batter skull and uma's out here's the thing dude we make the game and the rules so fuck would we could do whatever we want you're right yeah so if anybody has a problem with that um suck it my top one is giant growth so fuck it (laughs) it's actually not but you get get the point but yeah um in if you want to rank those in a top three order it is Jitte 1, Sword of Fire Nice 2, Batter Skull 3. But all of those are some of my favorite things in the entire world to have on the battlefield. Just Stoneforge Mystic, go get a Jitte. Next turn, put it on the battlefield, put it on a guy, get busy, is one of my favorite things I've ever done with pieces of cardboard. I love it. Yeah, I can get behind that. And Jitte just does everything. I mean, hell, Sword of Fire Nice does everything. And Batter Skull um is a two mana four four so oh, yeah i was like what are you talking about a four four yeah but all you I have get to do is pay two mana and tap stoneforge mystic and you just get a four four with vigilance and lifelink dude yeah i see what you're saying that's a pretty good cost on that card that's an aggressive cost for a two mana four four. Oh, absolutely it is oh fuck i love me some love it and then wrapping up your numero uno. my number one matt do you have a guess number one artifact this should be absurdly easy. You said Batter Skull. Yeah, Batter Skull is part of my number two. You said the equipment. That was pretty much all my number two. Oh, Matt, I'm going to be so disappointed if you don't get this. I'm probably overthinking it. You are 1,000%, because once I say it, you're going to smack yourself in the face. Matt. I don't know. My number one is Aether Vial. Oh, my God. I fucked that up. I should have <laughs> known that. Jesus Christ. You moron. <laughs> I was even thinking death and taxes. I was like, what fucking other artifacts are? And I was like, no, Commander? No, that it's was the bad. best one-mana artifact on the planet, Aether Vial. Like, sure, Soul Ring, one mana, and it adds two colorless mana. But Aether Vial, sure, it starts off as a lowly one-mana artifact that has zero counters on it. One mana, and then, then two it adds, mana, and then three then mana, it makes you, it makes and you then three mana, and then three and then mana. And it makes you a Thalia, and then it makes you a Mirren Crusader. And then it makes you a palace jailer. I'm disappointed oh, in myself. You should be. Aether Vial is obviously my number one. It's been in almost every deck that I played in a competitive format in probably the past, you know, five or six years. Sans maybe like the time that I played Blue uh, Moon. Blue Moon. But if I'm registering that. any number of basic planes in a competitive tournament, you can guarantee you. In that deck list, there are four copies of Aether Vial. I probably cast more Aether Vials than any other card in the history of Magic the Gathering. That's fair. Yeah, and I'm going to continue to cast more Aether Vials than any other card because I fucking love Aether Vial. Do you love Aether Vial, though? Oh, yes. Big time. Here's the thing, Matt. I'm disappointed that you didn't get that. I am disappointed in that as well. But I am also so stumped at what your number one is going to be, I have no idea. I'm almost more disappointed th- in me not knowing. Yeah, I don't think you'll ever get this. Once I say it, you'll be like, uh, it's but... All right, well, let it rip, bub. Drum roll, please. Let's hear it. Uh, memory jar. Ooh, 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. I figured that one'd be a spicy for you. That is a really spicy. I am so shocked. I think I was just thrown from the very beginning that you said your number five was pod. Pod. I knew that would throw you off. Oh, that totally fucking threw me for a loop. But jar. Okay. This was the original best tinker target there ever once was. You're 100% correct with that. What does memory jar do, Matt? That's a weird one. So it is a weird one. Uh, The wording's a little funny. So five mana artifact, you sacrifice it. Player sets their hand aside face down and draws seven cards. At the end of turn, each player discards his or her hand and returns his or her hand, um, returns to his or her hand each card that they had set aside that way. So basically you just, it's like a kind of a time walk effect, but only for one turn. And at the end of that turn, no, you just like get time. To, it's like a, or not time walk, uh, uh wheel time, of fortune effect. Wheel of fortune. Yeah. Like a wheel. Yeah. And the, the real good part of this is, um, they generally don't get through their hand to the same effect that you do. Oh yeah. That's the best part. Yeah. Um, this was part of a combo, uh, Tinker Jar, which was played for Tinker when Tinker was fucking legal. Because that, that was a, a fair, balanced format. Memory Jar and Megra. <laughs> yeah, so this would, you could honestly deal like 28 damage in a turn pretty easily. Yeah, that's fair. Because they discard it. They discard their hand. That seven card hand they just drew, that goes to the graveyard. Yes, they do. Yeah, that'll do it. Now yeah, that I'm thinking probably... about it. I should have known. Yeah, you should have, but you didn't. Yeah, the ball was dropped. But but also, you not knowing Aetherbile was my number one is the biggest yeah. ball drop in Shock history. Yeah, that was pretty bad, not going to lie. Like, you knew that my top creature was my cro- top creature type of spirits, but you didn't know my top artifact was Aetherbile? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I blanked. <laughs> I don't know what to say. On this episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast, Matt has a stroke. It feels like that. <laughs> I mean, regardless of you totally blowing it, that was a good top five. It was a good top five. Mine were all um, commander cards or D&T cards, and yours were all totally busted or banned in multiple formats. Does that really surprise you, though? No, I mean, it, we have brands to uphold, Matt. You are not wrong. And you can't tell me we didn't do exactly that with this top five. Well, 100% we did that. Be weird if we didn't. Yeah, it really would be off-putting. We, we would have to probably quit the podcasting if that, if that ever happened. So in four weeks. <laughs> yeah, we're done. When we do, nice knowing you. When we do top five cards of all time and uh, none of mine are white, then you'll know that we jumped the shark. Oh, yeah. We've gone to. <laughs> all right, dude. Well, are you ready to move on to uh, a little bit of accumulated knowledge? Actually, I have a question for you. Ooh. Are you ready to move on to accumulated? Oh, you crazy motherfucker. I totally am. I've See never what I did there. Yeah, you fucking flipped the script, bud. I done did it. Well, here's how about we do this? I'll explain this game and then we'll do it. I think you should explain the game and then we'll do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah, we can do that instead. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So for those of you who are not familiar, at the end of the episode, we like to wrap things up with a little game we call accumulated knowledge. In this game, one of us goes to the Scryfall website and hits the random card button. A random card magically pops up, and one of us asks the other the name of said magic card. The other one has to give the mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they get a point, and if they get it wrong, uh, then they uh, they don't get to play another artifact for the rest of their time playing Magic the Gathering. 
And Tyler could never, ever play either Vio game. Yeah, that would be a miserable life for me. So I better win. You better. Well, I think, I, I think I'm prepared. I get three hints, Matt. What is my first card? Your first card is Skyward Eye Profit. Oh my god, this is not a good first one. For you. Would you have got this one? I uh, don't believe Okay, cool. Then that makes me feel a lot better. Um, Skyward Eye Profits. I don't think this is worth me using a hint. Uh, so I am going to go ahead and say that this is three and two white. So you're finally... It is. That would be incorrect. Shocker. This is three green, white, blue. Oh, Christ. For a human wizard, this 3-3. Three, three. It does have vigilance. Oh, thank um, God. Tap it. Reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land card, put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, oh, this is... put it into your hand. This is just a bad coiling oracle. Yeah, this is from Conflux, if you were to guess it. And then it's been printed in various commander sets. Great. And if I would ever buy a commander deck and this came in it, I would be cutting this card immediately. <laughs> commander 2013 and Commander Anthology. It's a Bant and card. You said three Bant? Three Bant. Ugh, yeah, I'm not playing that. Yeah, definitely not. Not very good. Ugh, that's a bad start. Um, are you ready for... You bet. Archaeomancer. Archaeomancer? Sure. It, like the uh, the blue guy? Um, Yes, it's not a hint, but you this one. This one's a... A-R-C-H-A-E-O-M-A-N-C-E-R. Okay, yeah, so Archaeomancer. Um, he is, or I guess it could be a she, I don't know. Um, I know the art is just like a guy or a character with like a, a hood. Person. Yeah, fuck. a hood and they're like dipping their hand in like a bubble or something. It returns, when it enters the battlefield, you can return an instant or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. Um, I believe it's a 2-2 two -two and it is 2 and 2 blue. Is that your final answer? You bet. Uh, well, you fucked up the power toughness, but you did get the CMC right. Oh, is it a 1-1? One, one? It's a 1-2, you idiot. Oh, shit. Yeah, this card is a pretty common commander. I mean, it's been in a million different sets, too. Like, oh, I feel it's been in that, every core set yeah. ever. Uh, Yeah, it's been in quite a few. Yeah, Archaeomancer is a pretty good card. It's a pretty good card. All right, number three. All right, uh, this one is Basil Thrall. Basil Thrall? Basil Thrall. Oh, God. I would have gotten this. Oh, so it's probably an old shitty card then. <laughs> um, I think I, almost, I think I have to use a hint at this point. What is your hint? Um, You want to tell me what uh, Basil Thrall does? <sighs> Fine. Tap. Sacrifice Basil Thrall to add black, black. To play this ability as an interrupt. Oh, so it's a creature that sacrifices itself to make mana, hey? It sounds like it sacrifices itself to make mana. Oh, see, I it's it makes double black. I'm going to say that this guy is two mana. It makes black black. I'm going to say this guy's like a mana fixer. Um, And it's like so it's like one in a black. You sacrifice it to make double. Black. Is that your final answer? Yeah, that's going to be my final answer. Uh, oh, shit. You're actually really close. Um, It's black black. Oh, man. Um, If you probably would have gotten that, if you would have used. What set is this from? It's from Fallen Empires. The Fallen oh. Empires, they all do that. They don't add more. Or it's kind of like, here, spend your mana, get it a shitty creature, and then later you can use it to add more mana. Sure. Is There's a cycle of these, isn't there? Um, like, not like a cycle so. per se of like the exact thing, but like just a set Something of similar. Something similar, yeah. 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 Oh, man. I was actually pretty close with that. I should have... I, I mean, I was never going to 
waste another hint. I thought I was like super close with that though. Shit. You were super close with that. This is also when they used to do four arts per set. The same. Oh color. yeah. I didn't recognize the first art, but then uh, once I looked, I was like, oh. I know oh, this. you know that you're familiar. All right. Are you ready for number four? Yeah, I need to. Four? I need to run the table from here on out. Oof. All right. Oh no, that's not a good sound. <laughs> it's, this is Scarg Goliath. Scarg Goliath, eh? Oh, Jesus. I mean, I'm going to have to use hints because I don't know what the hell this thing does. Oh, boy. Yeah, go ahead and tell me what this monstrosity does. Trample. Blood Rush 5 Green Green. Discard Scarred Goliath. Target attacking creature gets plus 9, plus 9, gains trample until the end of turn. And that was Blood Rush for that card? Blood Rush. Okay, so we narrowed it down to the set that it's from, or at least the block. No, the set, because it was Return to Ravnica was the Blood Rush one. But I don't think that helps me at all, because <laughs> I don't know what the hell this is. I don't think I've ever seen this card. Or if I have, this card is, like, unplayable. It gives plus 9, plus 9, which means it's a 9-9, nine, because nine, Blood Rush is the mechanic. Oh, uh, what was the Blood Rush cost for it? Six and two? Five green green. Five green green. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say this guy is... Because Blood Rush is always obviously cheaper than the actual casting cost of the card, right? Would you like another hint? No. So the Blood Rush cost was five and two green. Let's go seven and two green. Seven and two green, you say? Yeah. Is that your final answer? It is. That would be incorrect. Oh, uh, I mean, I knew that was coming, if we're going to be honest. It is six green green. Oh, man. I expected it to be more than that. So you were right. This card is stark on play. Uh, it is from Gate Crash, not Return to Ravnica. And in Gate Crash, you were dead by turn, or you killed your opponent by turn four. What so rarity this is this? Is this uncommon? This is a rare. Oh, great. Yeah, it's real fucking bad. Blood Rush is always cheaper, not more expensive. Oh, I thought it was... Oh, no, you're right. It is always cheaper, because there was the, uh, the actual red green one that, uh... Gave Bonus it like points if you get it right. Plus four, plus four, and trample, or plus two, plus two, and trample. Um, it is like Gorklan Rampager. Gorklan Rampager. There you go. It's red and a green. Four, four, trample. Yeah, four, four, and trample. And then like the original creature is two and red green. Yes, the best one is actually Scorchwalker. Oh, I always thought Gorklan Rampager was just like the best. Oh one. yeah, that that is the best, but the. In the set for actually playability um, being common was Scorchwalker. It was plus five, plus one for three mana because it dealt the most damage. Oh, I love that. What a wild format. What a shitty mechanic, too. That and Wrecking Ogre gave double strike. It was oh, the Wrecking same Ogre cost. did give double strike. I do remember that. Yeah, it was five mana, though, and five mana rough to get to. Yeah, because you were just dead. You were real dead. Oh, so are you out already? Yeah, you lost already. Oh, I'm dead. Yeah, I am. Yeah. One for four. But I do want my last one to get a redemption. This one is Desperate Raving. Oh, Desperate Ravings. This is the draw spell. Is it? I mean, <laughs> oh, oh my God. It is, is it? Because it has the flashback cost. It's one in a red and the flashback is one in a blue? Um, You got it right. It's one in a red, but it's two in a blue. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's it, the first time is, that's is ever worked out. It, oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> I love that. This is from Innistrad, one of the greatest sets of all time. Yeah, this one was pretty pretty straightforward. Oh, this was like a linchpin uncommon in that uh, limited set for 
like the weird spell-based deck. Uh, yeah, what was the enchantment called? Something with flashback for two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shit, I can't remember the name. Neither can I, but that was This a good was deck. one of the best uncommons you could get for that outside of, like, the actual enchantment. Yeah, this one was pretty good. It always... Because it is card advantage eventually. Yeah, and if you're playing that deck, you're playing a bunch of flashback spells, so you're just, like, discarding the spells doesn't actually matter because you actually want to cast them for their flashback more than you want to cast them for their actual casting cost. Yeah, exactly. Do you know the Muffin Man? And by that, do you know what that means? The Muffin Man? I'm the winner. Yeah, you are. You are the big time winner. Well, I mean, I also kind of got screwed. I got some shit cards. You did get some rough ones that I don't, I wouldn't have won that one either. I also got uh, Archaeomancer too. So I got some like stone gold ones, but then also I got some rough ones. Yeah. Fucking the three in a bant dickhead. Three in a bant dickhead is a fair way to look at that. Yeah, I got browned. That's not good. But you, yeah, you were the winner. So that means you get the shout out, dude. So my shout out for the week is Diamond Valley Deals. Have you ever heard of them? Oh, you were actually telling me about this because we were talking about like things that we could do as future shout outs. And you mentioned like, oh, this is something. And I'm like, I will not look it up until you do it as a shout out. Yeah. So they are on Twitter and they are two old school players like this is in their bio. Um, But they really enjoy when cards are accessible. So they try to post the best deals they find and they they sell cards. But for example, here... um, in the their most recent post four days ago, uh, they have foil bolts, a foil tarn, a judge foil bitter blossom, a German volcanic island uh, that's light play, LED oh, wow. for, yeah, that's two sixty nine, and then uh, an LED for one seventy five. Um, so they do post good deals, and they're pretty reputable. And they, I always give them a follow because I always sometimes I see things and I'm like, hey. I'm going to buy that. Or I say, Hey, this per you should look at this. I know you're looking for these. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just like scrolling through their Twitter right now and like, Oh, just like, uh, absolutely gorgeous chains, uh, Mesistopheles for three ninety. Yeah. For just like a disgustingly low price. And like, that might not sound like a low price, but for that card, that that's is incredible. Low price. Low. Yeah. 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 That's uh, a they also, disgusting. Price. They also have a nether void. That's like, I don't want to call it near mint, but it's pretty close to fucking near. Oh, they uh, even sell cards that are, like, that are like things that maybe not, obviously not for old school or for legacy or for vintage, but for like people who are into commander that want to really put some spice into their deck. Like right here's a Rings of Bright Hearth foil, Rings of Bright Hearth, gorgeous, $69. Yeah. Like absolutely fucking follow. Yeah. So they are a good one to follow, especially if you like finding deals. Um, I have yet to buy something off of them, but it's just a matter of time. Like, oh yeah, I could see, I could see this being a really, really useful resource for anybody who wants to start getting some really great deals on some very nice high end cards. And some like the they have two winter orbs right now. I don't know if they sold them. If they didn't, I'm gonna fucking buy them. Oh, because that's one of their more recent posts. Uh, that's from the last. They might have sold them. Already. But if they at didn't, point, I would pull the trigger on those because those are gorgeous. Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. Six, yeah, two unlimited ones, one signed. So, they, so oh, I guess I should fucking read their Twitter handle. That'll help. <laughs> yeah, why don't you? Why don't you like, oh yeah, they're they good. Can... Good job, guys. Yeah, they're uh, good. Um, also, uh, this is our own secret. Good luck finding idiots. So, 
uh, on Twitter, they're Diamond Valley Deals. And their Twitter handle is at Diamond Valley and under. So Diamond yeah. Valley under. Yep. That is their Twitter handle. No, this is a great shot. Yeah, give them a follow. Um, they're from Missouri. They're them southern southern folk that. What just... is with these Missouri people with all the crazy deals, man? Yeah, right. They're just built different in Missouri. They are. They're just trying to give you free free value. Yeah, that's pretty much all it is. Yeah, give them a follow. Some good folks. Hell yeah. Good doing, shout out, Matt. Doing the Lord's work. You almost made me happy that I lost this week. <laughs> I couldn't remember if we shouted them out before. We haven't. Yeah, and they, they for shit because they... Yeah, they earned it. Yeah, they do. Every goddamn week they post for shit. sure. Gotta love it. Speaking of Missouri, I have a little story time for you. Oh, uh, Jeremy. story time. Yeah, Jeremy from Missouri MTG. Uh, he posted on Twitter, what, two days ago, I think, is like, hey, old school Discord and five minutes. Dude dropped about eight or ten different duels. There's one that for five demonic tutors, um, revised light play for 90 bucks. Five of them for 90 bucks, which, yeah, you don't need five, but fucking get with your friends. And how he would do it is he would drop a picture with the description and price, and the first person to type take got it. Then message him after the fact. I was trying... Uh, the first thing he posted was an underground C, uh, revised underground C. You want to guess at what price point? Oh, I don't even want to know. It's probably like like four hundred bucks. Three hundred and thirty dollars. Oh my god! Um, I missed out on that because I was gonna because it's three hundred and thirty dollars for an underground C. Yeah, that's like nothing. Yeah, I got my playset, but I would have just said, "Hey guys, who needs an underground C?" and sold it to them for what I paid for it. Yep. Um, sold some volcanoes. He sold two different, uh, tundras, which I still needed a tundra and I missed out. I was second both times. People, oh. people, I, they, what you do is you need to have take already in the chat box, ready to hit send when you see it. In the second like, it pops up, you just snap it off. Yeah. If it's whatever, you got to be willing to pay whatever for that card. But Jeremy, everything is pretty cheap. Uh, not cheap, but a good deal. Un- Undercosted, say. Yes, undercosted is the word. And he probably sold about six thousand dollars worth of 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> I love on that. There. He did uh, do a joke like almost as he was done. It was like probably forty pieces of power with some like time vaults and stuff in there. He's like one million U.S. dollars, no takes, he's back because people <laughs> would just do the the take thing. But that was clearly yeah, of course. I love that. Fuck yeah, <laughs> shit like that is why magic. People like that are why mad. You're right. Yeah, it is. Re- it's the human beings. Because that's a good dude who is doing the Lord's work. Amen. Goddamn right. I figured well, you'd enjoy that. We're also story. doing the Lord's work. Are we? Yeah. Because we're supplying all this entertainment and also all this free shit in four weeks. Yeah, we have to talk offline about how to how to choose that. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Actually, you know what? Let's go figure that out now. Um, and for everybody else, we'll see you next week. No. Go do the Lord's work. Cure someone of COVID. (laughs) Cure leprosy. Vaccinate your kids. Wash your goddamn hands. Yeah, wash your hands. And cover your motherfucking mouth. Scumbag. You dirty bastards. I love ya. Mwah. Fucks. (laughs) Mwah. I started drinking. You didn't catch that. (laughs) Okay, this is all staying in. Perfectly fine.